Satnam, everyone. It's your host, Bridget Eileen Sisko. Hmm. Happy Valentine's Day. I'm so grateful that you were taking the time out of your busy day to listen to this episode today. And I think you're going to be very impacted in a different way. My guest is one of my own teachers, Hadman Jote Carr, a kundalini yoga teacher, but way, way more than just a kundalini yoga teacher. I love the way that Hadman Jote looks at the world. I love the way that she looks at sacred technology and brings it into a very relatable way that we as women or not even women can understand. Mm. In this episode today, we talked about Hudman Jot's daily practice. And by the way, I'm a member of Aquarian Women's Leadership Society, which I mentioned in the actual episode. And Hudman Jot had been teaching and a part of that community for many, many years. You've probably listened to me talk about Kundalini Yoga on the show. You've probably heard me share some of my favorite practices. You've probably heard me talk about why I practice Kundalini Yoga. And there's definitely going to be more episodes to come on that because I've had some guests reach out and say, hey, can you talk more about this idea of materialization of thought during your yoga practice? I'm like, oh, absolutely. I would love to. (laughs) So in this episode, I got to ask Hudman Joe all the juicy questions, right? What is her spiritual name and what does it mean? Her daily practice and what it looks like. You know, she's a mother of two children and she shares that it looks different than it used to look, which understandably so. We talked about the importance of Kundalini Yoga and some of her exciting new business ventures, her exciting new creative projects. Uh, I'm so grateful and uh, it was just such a great episode. Thank you, Hedman Joe, if you're listening to this. And I hope that everyone who listens today just takes whatever they need out of this episode. Introducing Hudman Jote now. She has been teaching, practicing, and studying Kundalini Yoga since 2008. She has been instrumental in opening and growing the Three Rama Institutes, Los Angeles, New York City, Palma de Mallorca, with her teacher Guru Jagat, who is also one of my teachers. Um, before her passing in August of 2021, she did an incredible job at creating a lot of the programming for Rama Institute. And gosh, they have the best programs ever, ever. Like mix the esoteric with the energetic, with the practical, and you get Rama and so much more. I love seeing Hudman Joe living her destiny, teaching and sharing everything that she has to offer and enjoy this episode today. Thank you so much, Hudman Joe. I appreciate you. Welcome, Hudman Joe. I'm so grateful and just excited to have you here today. Thank you. It's been a long time coming. We've been going back and forth and finding the right time. And of course, it's right now. So I've been really thinking about how I like to start these interviews. And what has felt the most exciting lately is what feels most alive for you in your life and business currently. Oh my gosh, everything's taking off. (laughs) It's the best. It's wild. Um, Actually, it was my prayer for 2023. It was my prayer for everything to take off. I had just, um, I guess this is an appropriate time for me to give my my, a brief background. Um, Although now that I'm like, I'm thinking of where to start, it's not so brief. It's kind of a long story, but I guess I'll just tell long story. Um, I had always been a very sort of like artistic child, not necessarily mystical, but very, very um, like, you know, 
I think, and I think we're all like this. So I don't, I don't ever, I never thought I was particularly special. And even when I tell this story, I'm not like, I was so special because I don't think that I think we're all very naturally like this, especially as children. But you know, when I would sing, I would see colors and and uh, I was super imaginative and playful as children are, but I was not mystical. I ended up going to school for theater in New York City um, and had actually since the age of nine thought like, I I'm an actress, I'm an actress, I'm an actress. And then uh, it was really in college that I was like, I don't know about this acting thing. It just had started. It was it wasn't totally gone for me, but it had started to lose what I was getting out of it, which was an activation of my mind and body and um, and an answer to some some sort of like long lasting questions of like, who am I? What am I doing here? You know, so I thought at the time for a long time, theater and and any sort of performative poetry was doing that. Uh, I was in a movie right out of college and then uh, I ended up in L.A. And I took one kundalini yoga class and boom, it was just a, a left turn of destiny. I, I was like, I dropped acting and I just devoted myself um, to learning all that I could about um, this new world that I was in. So sort of by surprise and very quickly thereafter, really within a month, I met uh, my teacher, Guru Jagat, who's a very controversial figure right now. <laughs> who uh, would ultimately, I would ultimately work with for the next 14 years um, as my career. Um, and it was a total surprise. And um, I just loved every moment of it. I loved the good. I loved the, I loved the hard. I loved everything about it. And then she passed away a little bit a year and a half ago. And I've sort of been in a, in a reconfiguration phase. I'm not done with, I'm very clear, I'm not done with the things that we were working on. They were not just her things. They were also my sole mission, which is why it was so easy to work with her because we had a very, if not similar soul mission, if not the same soul mission, or at least we were working together on a very important mission. So, um, but in this past year and a half um, of her passing, it has felt a little bit crunchy, like spending 14 years with somebody, you're like, what do I do now? Um, who am I? I mean, I've always known who I am, but still just having to reinvestigate um, uh, all of it. And and I felt a little bit like, like a little bit, not stifled, but I just felt like, okay, I need things to take off now. Like I'm ready for things to take off. And so my 2023 word intention was wind horse. Because people do a lot of intentions, which is a lot of like elbow grease and, oh no, people do resolutions. That's the difference. Resolutions take a lot of willpower and everybody fails. Intentions are, uh, are um, resolutions without your commitment. So you're also going to fail. <laughs> I was like, I've, I know about this Tibetan term called the wind horse which is described in a variety of ways, um, but for me really represents a speed of destiny when you're in right alignment and your soul is fully open or not fully because we can never be, you know, we're always in the path of opening, but you know, it's the, the speed of destiny is happening from the openness of your soul and the right alignment of your being. And I was like, I am getting on that wind horse. It is happening and um, it's happening. <laughs> so I have a lot going on right now, but the most thing that's alive is, um, is I've, I'm always in the hunt for 
um, the expression of the soul. I call it soul victory because mm -hmm. you can never lose if you're uh, if it's just you're looking for the experience of your own soul. So um, uh, lots of things are happening, things I can talk about, things I can't talk about, um, but ultimately it's a, a soul victory moment right now. And I'll just reflect, I see you, I see you, I see you. You are absolutely shining and glowing and <laughs> creating. Like I just, I see it. So yes, yes, yeah. yes. Thank you. <laughs> Yes. And for everyone listening, I have been a member of Aquarian Women's Leadership Society for the last couple of years. And this is how I first came to know Guru Jagat as well as Herman Jot's teachings. And it's just been a really beautiful and I think challenging evolution as she has passed. And you are right. There's the questioning of identity, roles, not necessarily destiny, because that's always it's always been. But there is this shift. So you've been navigating that. And maybe you can share just a little bit of what you are creating and what you are building in this very now moment. Sure. Well, like I have a lot of pans in the fire. So um, there's some there's some concrete things. But ultimately, um, I am just working on really an expansion of um, of all of those things that you know you mentioned Aquarian Women's Leadership Society um being such a part of that it was um you know finding out well how do I really how do I really step into when Guru Jagat passed I'm sorry I'm all over the place but when Guru Jagat passed I really felt like clear actually clearer than I'd ever felt before because if somebody if your leader dies in the battle like in the middle of battle you just pick up their sword yeah. you know you don't think about it you just pick up their sword because you have to keep going and what I felt like we were doing together that she was leading and that I was lucky to be involved in um but also like had a, a real thrust of purpose behind with it as well um, was this space of liberation for women, particularly because it's easy, you know, being a woman is so miraculous and um, fabulous and um, like vivacious. And um, and I'm a very vivacious woman. Guru Jagat's a very vivacious, was a very vivacious woman. So, so creating spaces that allow uh, women to truly understand the incredible uh, architecture that they come with. I mean, actually being a woman is so magnificent and powerful. We have no, most people have no idea what what's locked inside the power and the body of a woman. Um, but also for all people, because I, I don't know, I'm just, you know, I, I teach a lot of the mother's teachings as well. Um, I'm a mom. And everybody keeps saying, Hudman Joe, just do the mother's work, really focus on the mothers. And of course, my work with Infinity Ma is going to come back, but I can't just work with the mothers because my soul's job is to work with all people. So um, right now I've, I'm keeping it simple. I took a trip to, uh, I took people on a mystical journey to uh, Amalfi, Italy over the summer. And then I had my second retreat in Paso Robles, California, which was really, really deep and majestic. But after those retreats take so much effort and I really felt like I've got to keep it simple. I just need to establish a regular class series um, investigating all the different facets of 
um, yoga and its intersection with modern life. I wrote this down before, and I don't know if it was what you submitted to me, but you talked about this topic of being a mother to all creation or being a woman to all creation. And can we just like run on that for a little bit? Because I think this is an incredible concept. Yes. Well, the the fall retreat was called Mothers of Creation, which confused a lot of people. They're like, is it just for moms? I'm like, no, dude, it's for everybody. Um, but first of all, the feminine polarity and the masculine polarity live within all humans. And I can't say within all animals, but I imagine it's so. I mean, we see a lot of really interesting examples of hermaphroditic animals and animals that can change their gender, you know, or sex, depending on if they need to give birth or not, or even impregnate themselves. So, um, but, but it is a polarity, you know, so the the masculine, the feminine polarity live inside of all people. And um, the mother polarity is very, is incredibly prolifically regenerative and creative. Mm -hmm. And it's just, you know, the, I think one of the great examples of Japanese myth is the, um, the cherry tree, the cherry blossom tree. It just generates so many cherry blossoms. You, it, it, it doesn't end. It's endless. You don't need to like constrict it. It just keeps giving and it regenerates the ground beneath it. And so it's really in every human being to be that prolific, to be that creative and to be that regenerative um, and to help, to help others. You know, our creativity is very healing to everyone around us because it reminds them, hey, I, I could do that too. Yeah. 1000%. It's so funny. My my husband came home before and he's like, okay, Bridget, I have this idea and this idea and this idea. And I'm like, okay, this is beautiful. I said, now let's go. Like, let's go create, let's go build, let's go see this to fruition. And it's just, I love that he's starting to tap into his yeah. own creativity as well, because I think I'll speak for myself, but I think as a woman, it comes a little bit more naturally to me. And he is now starting to tap into this within himself. And the reminder is that all of us, we all are creative beings. We all get to be creators in so many ways, whether we're birthing life onto the planet, whether we're birthing a business, whether we're birthing ideas, whether we're birthing a community and creating a community, we all get to do this. Yes. And the masculine energy is not to say that it's not creative. It's a little bit more single pointed. Um, you know, it, it, that's just the reality. It's not as like, and this and that and this and that, and that. you know, masculine creativity tends to be it, when we're looking from a polarity perspective is more like a single pointed focus. That's the benefit of having both polarities within individuals. Um, so men do have the creative force, but of course it is from the woman's body that new life actually leaves and comes into the world. So you do need that feminine principle in order to truly birth something. Mm. I love this. I want to talk to you a little bit about your kundalini practice as a practitioner, as a teacher, as a mother, as a business owner. Like what does this look like for you on a daily basis? What is your morning, what is your morning practice? 
Well, I, I practice every day. <laughs> and when you're a mom, you have to be in flow. There's just, you know, no way around it. Before I had kids, there's definitely a time in my life when my husband and I had like the, the hardcore Kundalini practice where we were up at three and taking cold showers and, you know, doing two and a half hours of, of yoga and meditation. And it was amazing. And I, I totally love it. And I dream about it all the time. Um, the ages of my kids right now do not allow me to have that kind of practice. So I have uh, I have a 31 minute meditation that I do every day. And then I have like a series of other meditations that I also try to get in every day. And a lot of times it happens. So a lot of times I get in like a, a really strong extended practice, but no matter what, I can always get in the 31 minutes. And then if I'm really lucky, I get in a yoga set. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, as a teacher though, I'm lucky. This is why I set myself up as a teacher uh, for my life is because I really, really love these practices. And uh, so I wanted to be, I sort of wanted a no way out situation, which is like, you can't not practice. You're, you have to, you're, that's your whole career. So I get my yoga set in when I'm teaching uh, in my class series. And I also, um, I practice every day with uh, my current growing group. We have 80 people in the group and growing. So it's, you know, it's a good number. Um, and uh, we practice um, a radiance practice every day. Mm -hmm. And we're gonna start doing mirror work, which I'm really excited about. I appreciate your uh, realistic yes. approach and just like human approach to what's the season of life that you're in. Yeah, yes, you have to, you really do. It's not, you know, I think a funny thing about Kundalini yoga, there's two, things I've always loved and always thought like, oh gosh, this thing is that it attracts a lot of really um, high performance individuals. It just does. If you, you know, if you're interested in excellence, drawing excellence out of yourself and, and putting excellence into the world, you, you like Kundalini yoga, but because of that, you can see a lot of people going hyper type A with their daily practice and getting really competitive about it too. Like, well, how much did you do? And how much did you do? And um, that's just not what this is for. It's so funny to say that because I, I'm also a distance runner doing Spartan and and a lot of, you know, long distance running races. And yeah. it was a 20 mile race. I'm going up this hill and I'm like, why do I do Kundalini yoga? And I'm like, I do Kundalini yoga so I can be here. I think it does really help you set the pattern for endurance in life and business. Because when you're holding your arms up, you are going through it and you're holding through, but you're right about the second type of person. <laughs> <laughs> well, absolutely. And, and, uh, it gives you so much pain resistance to the point where um, both times of my pregnancy, first they made me, you know, my, my mid, I, I, I went the hippie route and I do not think that everybody needs to be a hippie to have a beautiful sacred birth. You can have a beautiful sacred birth in a hospital. It's all about where the mother feels most comfortable, comfortable. But I, I went the hippie route and I had midwives and I had a home birth. And um, as part of the home birth, process the first time around the if you've never had a child before my midwives ask that you take a birthing course so I go to this birthing course and they're asking what's your biggest fear and I'm like fear I don't what are you talking about I don't have fear that's crazy like what am I supposed to be afraid of 
<laughs> but everybody else is like the pain, the pain. I'm like, oh, the pain. Um, but I was so like almost too cool and collected. Now I wasn't in the end, I was not that cool and collected, but in the beginning I was so cool and collected that both times my midwives are like, are you sure you're having a baby? You don't really sound like you're in labor because I have so much pain resistance from the yoga. So that I'm just, I'm just dropping that in there for any moms that want another kid or moms to be just do the yoga. It's going to make everything so much better. Taking notes as we speak. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then, and then when you're really in active labor, I was like, you know, screaming like a banshee, just like, and wondering like, should I have gone to the hospital and gotten some drugs? But I realized at the, I, I was like, by the time they, you know, get, gently get you to the car and drive you over to the, you know, the hospital, you're going to have this kid. So just suck it up and have this baby. And sure enough, you know, 30 minutes later, I'm having that kid. Wow. Beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> Can you define what your name means? Before we started, I was like, okay, we have Hud and I see Jot. So what does that mean to me? And I said, the goddess of create creative manifestation. But I'd love to hear it from you. That's beautiful. Well, Hud is means creativity, Mun means mind, and Jot means light. The definition that was given to me was she who sits at the heart of God's light. Uh, but I've always thought light of the creative mind. Um, when I went to India, somebody said, somebody loves you very much to have given you that name. So I thought that was very sweet too. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. So you have a lot going on in, in life and business. And I'd love for you just to sit in the space of like dreaming. And what does it really look like? This empire that you're building, who are you reaching? How do you make people feel? Like what is the light that you're bringing onto the planet? It's such a great question. And uh, I think I'm really in the process of that. Um, it's like, I'm into liberation right now <laughs> and it's a really strong word, but it's the thing that I want the most for myself. And I can't give to anybody else what I don't want for myself. So uh, to me, liberation looks like love. It looks like abundance. It looks like freedom. It looks like um, self-expression. It looks like play. It looks like celebration. And those are all things that I hope that people uh, leave with if they come to anything that I deliver. And what that looks like in the 3D world is really, it's it's taking its own shape. You know, again, right now, I'm being so simple with just the class series. So people come, they practice every day, yoga and meditation. And then three days a week, we do some deep dives. And I've also been like, recording little audio teachings and sharing some PDFs on whatever topic I'm interested in. Um, this February is the yogic science of, it's called self-psychology, but it's such a not sexy name that I keep having to uh, ch try and change it. I'm like, is it the yogic science of the win? Or, you know, it's like, no, it's, I want people to know about self-psychology because it's an effective way of self-management. And even though it's not a cute name and it doesn't really like, no one's like, no one out there is like, I really want to know about self-psychology. No one says that. Uh, 
you do need to learn how to manage yourself. No amount of outside management can take the place of you growing up and managing yourself. And it doesn't have to be so heavy handed. Like I said, growing up and I thought, oh, that sounds, that sounds heavy. It's actually very gentle, nuanced, loving. It works at your pace. Um, but it is this art of taking care of yourself. We all need people to talk to. As, you know, and that can be a therapist, it can be a friend, it can be a partner. We all need somebody who we can share ourselves with, multiple people, hopefully, <laughs> that we can share ourselves with. And so, and sometimes also break out of our neurotic loop if we're in a loop of like, I can't figure this out. You, you can share it with someone you trust. But ultimately, if you don't know how to deal with your own mind and your own emotions and position yourself appropriately for your best success, you're not going to have as much fun in this lifetime. And I really want people to get it all, whatever they came for. I want you to get it all. So it's a very important um, skill set to have this self psychology. And uh, maybe it's the yogic science of um, getting it all or the yogic science of having fun, but <laughs> it's really, you know, that's really what it's about, but there's some practicals involved too. And then, um, you know, there will be more retreats. There will be other things. I just uh, did filming for an app, not my own app, someone else's uh, app on the chakras. And I have a few things in development that are sort of NDA, can't talk about it, but they're big things. And I'm not sure how the world is meant to really experience uh, me yet or what I'm sharing. And I, I'm not even so sure sometimes if it's just the yoga, although the yoga is very important. These practices are indispensable. If you have these practices, you can do so much to heal your life and to liberate yourself. But I also feel like they're not that, you know, liberation isn't dependent on the practices. It's dependent on your courage. And so I really want to inspire people to um, courage and bravery and love. Mm. That's beautiful. Mm. Speaking of the practice, a lot of the listeners of this show are, of course, business owners. And I always say they have a spiritual backbone. Like, I'm going to come on here. I'm going to talk about Kundalini Yoga and mantras. So they know that. And some of them maybe have never practiced Kundalini Yoga or they're not, they've never been introduced to this science. So, where would you recommend someone start? Something simple. So we can do something really quickly now, um, which is just you inhale in four strokes through the nose, exhale one. So and you can keep going and I'll talk, but if you can feel right now, you're stimulating this part of your body right in between your eyebrows. That's the, called your pituitary gland. And it's also this sort of etheric space of the sixth chakra, also called the third eye. But that's sort of like, that sort of mystical mumbo jumbo, you're still breathing. Really, this is a very calming activity. You can adjust this pituitary gland with the breath. And when the pituitary gland is balanced and secreting at your bio-optimal rate, the rest of your glands are going to secrete at their bio-optimal rate, which means you're going to come into biological harmony. 
And when you're in biological harmony, you can, you sort of have, um, well, you don't sort of, you have a different level of intuition, which is why we like to meditate in business because you need to be able to make intuitive decisions that are the winning decision but it's not, you know, you can pro and con all you want and you can make all kinds of blueprints with the most successful people on earth have an intuition and trust their intuition to make the right decision. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, there's a lot of different, in, in, let's end this, inhale, exhale. And I hope you had an experience with that. I mean, there's a lot of different practices ways that yoga and meditation intersect with business um so many ways but to start that's you know these breath practices are very simple and then if people are curious um they can find me on instagram and um, i share a lot of tools and meditations right there on my feed and then i have some free youtube videos and then there's always uh the smooch in the 10th gate patreon where i'm doing the class series the best names smooch <laughs> in the 10th gate <laughs> <laughs> well smooch is like and again you're you're evolving i'm evolving i'm like am i gonna keep this brand name what am i doing with this but smooch is like my um my goop or my poosh and then the 10th gate is, uh, so Smooch is the online portion. And then the 10th gate is my studio that I have in Los Angeles. And uh, it's where we get like more metaphysical. So good. Yeah. <sighs> so, so good. I always tell my husband, I say, I do my business meeting with the cosmos before I show up at the desk, Eric. That's yeah. what I do. <laughs> Amazing. Well, is there anything else that you want to share with everyone today? This has been just such a blessing and a great conversation. I think, I think if they just want to share one more thing with people, I think this, since this is mostly business owners who are uh, listening in or, or watching this at a later date, um, you know, you're developing your extrasensory perceptions will give uh, you everything in your intelligence, in your business architecture, in your creativity, but also in your satisfaction, in your enjoyment of your business, in the prosperity of your business, um, in the scaling of your business. And then also will help you, will take you out of the realm of just business and also impact your love life, um, your family life, and your identity as a human being we're moving into a time where people are not you know we're, we're not as compartmentalized and we still need to do some compartmentalization so we can be effective but we know that success in one realm isn't going to be enough we need we need a total fulfillment here love life you know pleasure creativity it all has to happen and um, I think that's where yoga is really the most effective and most important because it sets you up for success in every sector of your being. Mm. Thank you so much for being here today. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. All right, everyone, tune in next week. Make sure that you go follow everything Hadabindo is doing. Check out her new program, The Yogic Science of Self-Psychology. And let's just end today by taking a nice deep breath in. 
and out. Thank you so much. Thank you, Bridget.